Yo, guys, I swear to you, whoever said white people didn't have culture, then they're lying, bro. Like, I saw a video the other day of um, a news station in Toledo. I don't even know where Toledo is, no one even asked me. So the news station in Toledo, I think they were trying to like gas up like uh, students at like, a local university or college. So they decided to basically use every black slang um past present and future in their speech in their rousing speech and i just can't believe it like like you guys need to be stopped like my friend always told me that when you can rule the world you can do whatever the fuck you want and it's so true like white people can literally do what the fuck you want and get away with it literally students it is testing week and it's time to slay all day Stay woke, beyond fleek, and oh get that my Gucci God. breakfast. Goals, say bye, Felicia, to that test. Jesus is Lord. It's going to be turnt, right, Chris? Yes. Toledo weather going to be V-lit during <laughs> testing week. A key chance of success. You've got this, kids. Steve, how about that traffic? Are we looking Oh, Steve, no. Steve, don't endorse this behavior, please. No traffic problems around any TPS schools. Oh, Steve, you let you let So get a good night's sleep. Do your best. In fact, be extra extra. We here at WTOL are be proud of you. Good luck on your test, TPS students. Steve, Steve, they got you, man. They got you like that. How are you endorsing this behavior, bro? Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve is black, by the way. He's the only black person in the sea surrounded by white people. And I just don't know. You know how everyone always says, like, when um people like Gucci and um all these and H&M and all these, like, fashion outlets, like, release something controversial, like a noose hoodie and shit. And people ask, people ask, why aren't there enough? Why isn't no black people in the boardroom? This wouldn't happen if there was black people in the boardroom. But that's a myth. And we just debunked that myth right now. Because Steve. Oh, Steve. Steve. Like, I don't even, I don't, I don't even know, like, what some of these slang words mean. What is a Gucci breakfast? now? We have to, let's dissect this again. TPS students, it is testing week and it's time to slay all day. Yeet. Stay woke. Be. Man said, yeah. <laughs> Yo, that guy needs to be arrested for this is war crimes, you know. This is war crimes. And get that Gucci breakfast. Goals say bye. What the hell was a Gucci breakfast? Oh my god. Felicia to that testing stress. Weather's gonna be turned, right, Chris? Yes! Toledo weather gonna be Chris is out lit here. Chris is on stuff, you know. Week. A hundo P chance of success. You've got a hundo P. He's trying to say hundred percent. A hundo P. Nah, you guys are making me sick, bro. And here comes and here comes fucking um Steve. Here comes Steve, bro. It's kids, Steve. How about that traffic? Are we looking oh better than oh? How are you gonna repeat it, man? How are you gonna repeat what you say? What the hell is okay? Steve, you come from the. I don't even know where you came from. You might have come from a good childhood. You might have come from the block. Are you coming from the block? Graduating from the block, thinking that you escaped that shit now, yeah? Steve, yeah. I, I, I. 
How could you forsake your brothers like this? The Negro community frowns upon your shenanigans. I swear to you. Where the hell is Okah? I can't even roll my eyes. We're talking turn. Tomo won't be an issue. No traffic problems around any TPS schools to keep you from taking those tests. So get a good night's sleep, do your best, in fact, be extra, extra. We here at WTOL are very proud of you. Good, good luck, luck on, on your test, test TPS students. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Disgusted? Yeah, I think I'm very disgusted right now. I don't even know. I feel at all. I don't really understand what's going on right now. Why people have culture. And their culture is still our culture. And that's just how it is. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. <laughs> Anyway, welcome to the Fraudcast. Hey, yo, sound guy. Where the hell am I? Fin, fin, fin. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Right on cue. Yo, welcome to the Fraudcast, man. Um, wherever you listen to this on SoundCloud or iTunes, please rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars, anything less than five stars, then we are inclined to think that you're a hater. I'm your host, Evans. I'm, again, I'm alone. I ain't gonna stand you this week because Stanley, again, is handling daddy issues right now, you know? Well, not daddy issues, like he has daddy issues, but he's in, he's in fatherhood, basically. No daddy issues, sorry. Didn't mean to recklessly speculate. Didn't mean to recklessly speculate. Um, yeah, so that Stanley's obviously preoccupied with his newborn. So shout out to him on that, Father Stanley. Yo, yo, and let me chat to you real quick, yeah. How are you gonna be racist with Negro in your name? Like, that's some self-hating shit, yo. Last week, last week, England went to Montenegro for uh. International. It was an international break. England went to Montenegro for the European qualifying uh, championship match, and um, they won five one. But obviously, the victory by England was marred by the racist chants from um, I don't even know if it's a certain group of the a certain section of the stadium or the whole stadium that did it in unison. But still, man, like it was marred by racist chants to the black players towards England. Raheem Sterling, Danny Rose, and kind of Hudson Odoi. And I'm not sure about Ross Barkley. I mean, I don't want to give these racists too much credit. But if they did do their homework, then they'll realize that Barkley is half Nigerian. So he's basically half black. Obviously, his skin doesn't show. His skin shows that he's more closer to being white than being black. But does that matter in the mind of a racist? Like, does he, does he, does he make the cut to be um, to be attributed like racist, racist chants and shit. Like, I always wondered about that. Like, does Barkley bus case or does he actually make the cut? Does he want to make the cut? Does he feel like he's not included? I don't know, man. I'm just being stupid. Obviously, England one five one, and obviously the victory was marred by the veil of racism again. And surprise, surprise, it was in the place where that is notoriously known to be racist. Surprise, surprise. But then what really got me was the media, the English media. The English media were screaming bloody murder, basically. Like, Montenegro just committed a crime. They wanted a book thrown at them. They went to UEFA complain. I'm thinking, yo, whoa, 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 
Woke. 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 Y'all are, y'all are some bunch of hypocrites, dog. Like, for real, man. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I understand you want to get your, um, you're not going to stand for it, which is good. Like, don't stand for it. But like, this is some hypocritical shit. Because this shit happens in the English league weekly. But they, but they, they ain't no like screaming bloody murder. No one, no one's asking for the book to be thrown. Why? When my Houstonian was perpetually and consistently getting vilified by the media through like this race, this racist narrative through newspapers and shit that he was some kind of thug. No one was saying anything until he spoke out and then was like, oh yeah, it's true. You know, we can't really do that. But no one was held accountable. The people that, the people that, per- that perpetrated and kept the loop going, the loop of racism going, the narrative going. No, they weren't held accountable. I think they still have their job. So now how are we coming with this, with this big bravado, with our big chest saying that Montenegro should be banned out of the tournament? Say swear. Swear word word. No, you man are mad. But yeah, Raheem Sterling, obviously like he's been through this. He's been through this a lot anyway. Like, Ain't nothing new to him anyway. Like he's still gonna carry on being shining and keep keep on shining, you black king. But um, yeah, he had his take, and um, it's the same shit, it's a different story. 2019. Now I keep saying it, and it's just a it's a shame to to see this keep going on. Um, and it's just you know we can only bring awareness to um to the situation and light to the situation. It's now time for the people that are in charge to um put a real stamp on it, um, because. You know, you can find someone, but what's what's that going to do? And it's true. What's a fan really going to do? What's a fan? People, this, this is this is my this is my issue. I've I'm done with I'm done with racism. Like I will talk about it on the podcast, but I'm like literally done with racism because you know why? Nothing is ever done. These footballing bodies do not care about racism. They just give out fines and shit to appease people, to keep people at bay. But you know what? They don't really want to tackle this issue because if you want to tackle the issue, then you will ask the right questions. You will hold the people that are accountable, accountable. What the hell is a fine going to do? Honestly, a fine? Like, listen, I'm at a point in my life where I realise that humans are going to be humans. Humans are humans. So humans are going to live by their selfish desires. That's that's just who we are. That's our fault. So humans are in, are inevitably going to do whatever the fuck they want. A racist is always going to be racist. A sexist is always going to be sexist. A homophobe is always going to be homophobe. So me trying to have a conversation with someone, trying to educate someone that doesn't want to be educated is a waste of time. So what I, the, the motto that, I mean, the mantra that I live by is that you can be racist in your own circle. I don't have any racists in my circle. I don't have any homophobic people in my circle. I don't have any sexist people in my circle. All my people around me are the extension of myself, the council. I can't change a racist man at all. Like, he's something... You can't force someone to change. That's something that they're going to do. They're going to have to do themselves. It's their own personal journey. I'm not trying to get onto their journey and tell you, hey, man, like, what you do? You act to know, man. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do that. And... These footballing, these footballing bodies, the FA, the um, UEFA, FIFA, and wherever, they don't care about racism. Yeah, this is what they do. They hand out fines, and then you will start a new, I don't know, a new campaign. They just rebrand the same campaign from last year. Oh, we won't stand for racism. They'll get these, they'll get these, these stars in front of a camera telling them we don't stand for racism. Like that shit is gonna um, stop a player from 
being racist. And last week we talked about fans entitlement and like how fans feel like they can, they they feel like they're entitled to talk to a player however they want or treat a player however they want just because they pay for their ticket. Like the ticket, the price of admission doesn't include uh, hurling abuse at a human being because, like, if you're keeping it buck right now, if you see Ryan standing in the street, I I try it, try it, try it, bro, try that shit to any of these players, try it, bro. It's cow, it's coward behavior, bro. It's coward behavior, and you know what? The one person in this that really accentuates what I'm saying, he really articulated himself, and I'm surprised I even, um, I'm surprised I even agree with him because after his whole take on the Liam Neeson thing, I thought like, yeah, John Barnes, you're, ch- you're chatting, you're chatting a myth, you're really chatting a myth. But you know what? John Barnes actually articulated himself well about the situation. Critical that we want to look at Montenegro and say how terrible it is when we haven't even taken care of the problem here. So yes, this is high profile. It's England's Raheem Sterling. So we're looking at solutions, but I think people aren't looking at the right solutions. Do you think there is a greater problem though when we go to things like Eastern European nations where this kind of abuse is more likely? Well, if we go there once every six months, um, how often do we go to Montenegro whereby every single week we, we face it here in droves? So what, what is more serious, going to Montenegro once a year or, or, or black players facing this every, and black people facing this every single day of their lives? So once again, because it's high profile, it's Montenegro, let's put ourselves on the back and say, let's do something about it, whereas we're really not tackling the issue here. Now, the big problem we have when you're talking about banning, talking about walking off, talking about Montenegro and, 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 and proving that they are, they are racist is they're talking about monkey chants. So therefore, monkey chants are illegal. Monkey chants is, is, is racist, so any monkey chants are going to be kicked out of the stadium. What about booing? So when a black player gets the ball, if everybody in the stadium boos, that is allowed. That's not illegal because booing is allowed. So John Barnes went deeper where we were talking about where he was discussing the etymology of, of booing and monkey chants, basically. Um, monkey chants are obviously easily distinguishable. We can tell that monkey dance, monkey chants have always been, uh, as, uh, ascribed to, yes, yeah, less easy to convince that it's racist because someone can, someone can be booing a black player and they, and you can ask them, yo, that's not on. And he said, nah, I'm just booing every player. I'm booing him because he's opposition. I'm not booing him because he's racist. So it's hard to even, it's hard to even tell. So that's what I'm saying. I just think, yeah, this is all part of, this is why racism exists in the framework of sports and it continues to just live freely. It's like, it's like these footballing bodies gave racism wisteria lane, you know, like a, the suburbs. Like it just lives there. An empty, an empty town for racism to just frolic and saunter. I can't believe it, man. Like, and it's like, it's, it's crazy that it, con- it continues to strive, um, it, it continues to, live in this framework because it's protected by this coded language. Everything is coded. The Raheem Sterling um, abuse that he received consistently on a yearly basis from the media, obviously, for, for I can ascertain that it's racist because it has like racial ties to it. I can see racial ties. Someone tells me it's not racist, it's just how I'm reporting. But it's all coded language. It's all coded everywhere, even in outside of football. The way some black people are treated, it's all coded language. It's everything is coded. Everything is protected by this veil of listen, like it might be deemed racist, but you can't prove it. So everything has to be proven. Whereas monkey chants can be proven. Booing cannot be proven that is racist, even though I know it's racist. Yesterday Juventus was playing um who they're playing? They were in Juventus was playing 
um, Cali, Caligari or something like that, yeah. And one of the black players, Moise Keen, a young player, was being vilified by the opposition fans. Racist. Like, he was getting booed and racist. He was getting booed. He was getting treated, singled out because he's black. My Tweedy was hyped up. He was threatening to come off the pitch, but he managed to stay on. And just like Raheem Sterling, who scored against Montenegro and silenced the crowd, Moise Keen did it as well. Yesterday, he scored, I think, yeah, he scored in the last minute. And he, st- and he, ju- he just stood there in front of the, um, the opposition fans. Just stood there as they held abuse at him. And then his teammate, Leonardo Benucci, said that, ah, uh, it's 50. He basically said, Moise Keen is part to blame. He should never celebrate like that. I hate this. I hate this. I hate that. That's, this, that kind of shit is how Ozo got treated. Um, Ozo was, uh, basically, Singling out the German, the, like the German team for like, it has like, a ra- it has race, racial ties in it. And people that are not like blonde hair, blonde hair, blue eyes, Aryan German get treated differently. And his teammates, the team that he's, he shared blood, sweat and tears in, the team that he's won World Cups with and then won European Championship with, won trophies with, turn around and say, nah, I don't really see race, you know. Don't piss me off. Like, I, I don't know how I feel, you know, but. Like, I thought you were my brother, and now you're telling me that you don't see race when I'm, I can, like, it's plain to see that this is race, this is racism. I don't like that, yeah, but, that but, like, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that conjunction, bro, when it comes to racism. It's crazy, man. Racism will continue to dance, I'm not surprised, and the thing is, the world moves on. Especially the footballing world, it moves on, there's always a next story, that's how it is. It's the flavour of the month, that's what racism is, it's pop culture. So yeah, we can throw our arms about, we can tweet about it, but nothing will be done unless we ask the right questions. We're not asking the right questions. We're asking surface deep questions. What about below the surface? Beneath the surface? That iceberg is deep, bro. It runs deep, bro. Anyway, shout out to them, man. Shout out to them Black Kings, man. You keep on shining, man. I swear down. Moise Keen, Raheem Sterling, Callum Hudson, Adore, Danny Rose, and Barkley, man. Don't worry, man. I got you, man. You're included in it as well, man. So, guys, if I tell you the name Michael Avenatti, would you know who I'm talking about? I'm guessing no, right? Even I didn't know what it is until... I, I, obviously, I follow American sports. So when I saw this story about this guy, Michael Avenatti, who's a lawyer, he's facing crimes of extortion, tax fraud, and wiretap fraud and shit. I'm like, hmm. I wasn't really interested. I thought, okay, cool, another white guy, another blue, blue collar, uh, uh, white collared, white guy. Was it blue collar? Is it blue collar or white collared? Anyway, another another rich white guy, privileged white guy, being arrested for money things. Surprise, surprise. But then I saw this guy. Apparently, I read on, and apparently, this guy is trying to extort Nike, big big Nike. I'm like, what? So for those of you who haven't heard, Michael Avenatti is being tri- being trialed for trying to blackmail and extort money from Nike, amongst other crimes that he's committed of wiretapping fraud. So basically, securing bank loans for his clients and taking money, taking his cut on a on a sly, basically. That's his story, and now he's being trialed, and it's a big. St- I wanted to talk about it because it's like. It's not really big in the UK. I feel like it hasn't really crossed these shores yet, but in America, it's a really big situation. So, cause he, cause he's a, he's, he is 
Michael Avenatti is accusing Nike of funneling, funneling money to amateur athletes. And basically, this is a process where Nike basically give money to, like, to, to these young amateur, like these young high school kids or uh, college kids, making them, um, convincing them to go to schools that are sponsored by Nike. And in turn, if they do make it to the NBA, they will sign with Nike. They'll be like, okay, cool. Remember, remember when you were young and we gave you all that nice stuff with them Nike shoes, that little young check? Yeah. Now you make it to the NBA? Yeah, you got to sign with us, basically. Basically, coincidence. So, like, that's what he's accusing Nike. And he said he's got bags of evidence. So, I'm like, yo, this is an interesting story. Because if Nike are seen... You know what? This is not... This is not a shock to me. Like, I could believe this is true. Because there's been... For years, this has been something that's kind of plagued, like, sport, um, amateur, amateur sports. So, like, kids who basically come from nothing, they get swindled by the they get by the allure of Nike's money, Nike's pool. Like, yo man, I know you're living in the streets, you've like but here's some money. Like I don't know. Imagine someone that's come from nothing and now you're being presented with a check of I don't know, like twenty five hours or even more to, more than that. That's money you'll never see you've never seen in your life before and you never dreamed of seeing. And yeah, you take it. So Michael Avenatti Clevenati sat down with CBS News for his first interview since being arrested on charges of extortion and wire fraud. He faces almost 100 years in prison if he's convicted on all of the charges. Well, in an interview with our Jerika Duncan, the well-known attorney says that he is maintaining his innocence. Prosecutors are saying that you committed extortion, that you committed wire fraud and bank fraud in California. Did you try to extort Nike for millions of dollars? No, and any suggestion is absolutely absurd. Nike knew from the very first moment that I had any contact with Nike that I was insisting that the truth about what Nike had done be disclosed to federal prosecutors and investigators. What is the truth? The truth is, for years, Nike and its executives have been funneling payments to amateur players, high school players, and to their handlers and family members in an effort to get them to go to colleges that were Nike colleges and ultimately, hopefully, to the NBA so they could sign a shoe deal with Nike. But federal prosecutors maintain a different version of the truth. Avenatti was not acting as an attorney. A suit and tie doesn't mask the fact that, at its core, this was an old-fashioned shakedown. They allege Michael Avenatti attempted to use his platform to blackmail the apparel giant. A good old-fashioned shakedown. <laughs> so that's basically the story, basically. That's what he's being tried for. So he's saying he's got mad dirt on Nike, and I'm ready. I'm waiting. I'm watching. I hope. I'm hoping to see if he has this dirt because he's very adamant that he has his dirt, and he's trying to drag Nike down with him, bro, to hell with. Him. And when you get to hell, say hello to Piers Morgan, Michael Avenatti. But you know, it's not what his claims. It's not out of the road. As I said, it's not crazy. It's not far fetched. It's not this elaborate scheme. It's it's actually real. Because if you take Zion Williamson right now, the most talked about athlete that's not in the NBA right now. A college athlete is the most talked about athlete in the whole sporting world right now. He's the most coveted player. Teams are tanking for him. NBA teams are tanking for him because the NBA teams want this number one pick. And Zion is hands down 
bet your money on it. Put everything on everything you love. Zion Williams is going number one. And NBA teams are, are, not, are not the only one that are, are scheming for him because he's the biggest athlete to come out of high school or out of college since LeBron James. And LeBron James is on that billion-dollar contract, basically, with Nike. So whoever gets Zion, who's going to be the next face of the NBA, this most talked-about athlete, is going to secure the bag. So nobody's trying to fumble the bag right now. So everyone's trying to do whatever they can to get to get Zion Williamson. Now Nike are obviously leading the race because Zion Williamson is playing in the school that is sponsored by Nike. So he's wearing Nike apparel, he's wearing Nike shoes. Nike are just giving him everything that he wants. But when he makes the NBA, he's free game. Anyone can sign him. Anyone can sign him. And it's not out of the realm that teams will be trying to sweeten the deal Drop a little one-two check right there. Young couple bags there. Listen, like, listen, like, um, here's a car for you, man. Here's a house for you. Because you know that Zion Williamson is going to make whoever that he signs with peace. Ease. Peace, peace, peace. But anyway, Michael Avenatti, when you get to hell, say hello to Piers Morgan. Yo, it's time for the returning segment of Explain Your Tweets. You know, I've been quite perturbed this week. Sometimes happy, sometimes sad. But, like, it's time for me to explain some of my tweets that I've been basically tweeting all week. And, um, yeah, I got my boy DJ Cattle with me. Another one. So let's get, let's get the, let's get the shit popping. The signs were there. When he was FC20 manager and he was assuming the Dutch accent. So this tweet came from seeing Steve McLaren being fired from um, QPR. And I'm just basically trying to put across my, air quote, shock. I'm not really shocked at all, actually. I think, I, I literally don't understand how people like him keep getting jobs. This guy is a systematic loser. A systematic loser. And he keeps getting jobs. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make it. And I knew the jig was up. You know, people thought he was a Wally when the media called him the Wally with the Broly where he's, when he was the England manager. I don't know how he, people, you, anyone could be England manager. You know? I'm just deep in it right now. Like at that time he was England manager. What you telling me he was the best that you could have, that you could, that you, that you could choose from. England, England didn't make it to the, I think it was the Euros that year because of him. And as his team was losing, it was raining and he just had the, he had an umbrella and everyone just called him the Wally with the Broly. But that, like, you know, he continued to get jobs. He was a manager for FC20, uh, a Dutch side. He was giving an interview in English, obviously, about, because they were asking about the Champions League and they were facing Arsenal. I think they had, no, they drew Arsenal in the, in the Champions League group. And I didn't understand why he was talking like this. Like, you're an English man, like, you're English, you speak proper English. So why are you trying to assume a Dutch accent? I sort of knew, uh, when I came here and, uh, Champions League. Uh, Liverpool or Arsenal I thought maybe one of them we would draw and uh, it is Arsenal I think one of the, the toughest teams in the draw and I think it will be uh, very very difficult for our players but also a great experience uh, we have a young team and to experience uh, big games Champions League Arsenal at home the Emirates 
will be fantastic for the players, uh, not just for now, but... I mean, you're English, bro. It's like when Joey Barton signed for um, Marseille and then in his, press, in his first press conference, he was trying to add the French twang to his English. I think, why are you adding the Dutch twang? You've been hang- See, Steve McLaren, he's been hanging around too, too much in the red light district or the blue light district because this man keeps on getting jobs and I won't even be surprised if another team gives him another check, bro. This guy is a habitual line stepper. Habitually, he habitually fumbles the bag, but he keeps getting jobs. I don't get anywhere. Another one. Is it better to eat cake with a fork or a spoon? Listen, last week was my birthday, right? And this lovely lady got me um, a birthday cake, red velvet cake, one of my favorite cakes. Obviously, I'm not really a cake on the set, but red velvet cake is my is my favorite cake, even though. I, I really feel like it's basically just chocolate cake going through a midlife crisis. You know when a woman goes through a midlife crisis, she dyes her hair red to be kind of edgy and like something new because she's trying to get over her ex-boyfriend. I think that's what chocolate cake is. I, mean, I think that's what red velvet cake is because I like, you ain't shit. Like, you, that red dye, that red dye ain't, ain't, ain't fooling me. I know you chocolate cake. But yeah, it's my favorite for some reason. And I was eating it. I was trying to ration it because I don't really eat sweet stuff anymore. Like, I'm trying to cut down on sweet stuff. Um... So I was trying to ration out one slice of cake for like a couple of days. I stretched out to three days. And throughout those three days, I was experimenting with different utensils. So obviously I first started off with like a little teaspoon. Then it was a, uh, a fork. Then it was a spoon. So I asked my arts twill, like, yo, are you, are you man? And what do you guys eat cake with, a fork or a spoon? And I think if you break it down, it's not too dissimilar. It's not too um, dissimilar from do you eat rice with a fork or spoon? And if you break it down even more, it's like, it depends what kind of person you are. It depends what kind of personality you're going for. Because a fork, when I was eating it with a fork, I kind of felt like I was elegant, like I was higher class, upper class, upper tier, you know, like, you know, it didn't feel like, I felt like I was eating it in, like in moderation. Like I was, I don't know, like I was in Chelsea or something or, or Knightsbridge or South Kensington and I was just eating cake with a, with a nice little fork you know but then when I was eating with a spoon like a big spoon like a tablespoon it just felt like I was fat you know I was just shoveling food down my neck like a pelican would eat like uh, food you know I was like mm, what do I prefer it depends what my personality is I think I enjoyed eating it with a fork because I kind of felt like distinguished you know I felt like yes 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 I'm just eating my little cake with my little fork but with a spoon I'm like ah fuck it you know and that's just how it is like it just depends what kind of style you want to eat do you want to be dignified while you're eating cake and still getting fat or do you want to eat a spoon you want to eat it with a spoon and just feel fat be fat I don't know man I think both have pros and cons to be honest um I think it's an age-old conversation about what utensils to use for what right food. I'm sure there's a way to eat cake and I'm, I don't really want to look it up because I don't really want to have to, I kind of want to remain ignorant to it. These are kind of the things, some of the things I want to remain ignorant to. I don't want people to ruin things for me that, okay, guess if I read it, okay, so I guess I have to eat with a fork or I have to eat with a spoon now. Cause I don't want to be judged by society, but fuck society. You ain't know me. You don't know me. Yo, DJ Khaled. Another one. It's time to have a conversation about the government or whatever power that be that are killing us with holding control. Listen, I've had, you see, hey fever, yeah. 
I only started having hay fever three years ago. So for my life before that, right, I have never had hay fever. I've never been, you know, one to be suffering. Like, you know, everyone was like, oh my gosh, hay fever has got me. I'm like, hm, sucks to be you. But now it got me. Like now everyone's like, now I'm part of the clan. And I don't know why it is. I think it, listen, I have, I have, I have theories, man. I have theories. And I think the government are working hand in hand with pharmaceutical companies. I think that's an open, it's like an open secret. Like we, we can't prove it, but it's true, right? So then, man, I just imagine, I just imagine the government and them pharmaceutical companies just at a round table, you know, strippers in the background, coke on the table, and they're just discussing like, yo, how are we gonna fuck up the population a bit more? Like, we need, to, we need to push the drugs a bit more because these are the real gangsters at the end of the day. It's not the gangsters that the 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 people that are moving drugs in the street, like you know, like weed and stuff. They're not the real gangsters. The real gangsters are the the government and the pharmaceutical companies that are basically teaming up and making us buy by controlling the weather these men like, i can just imagine this factory when if this factory of pollen and they've got in like the like they basically have one landline in the mid like in the middle of the of a room nothing else is in the room just a landline on the table on like a table stand right and then when it rings like the guy picks up and it's obviously one of the government government officials and like yo push the button and the guy pushes the button and releases a mass swarm droves of pollen and it just coming right into my room and it's shit and it's fucking me up because my eye is itchy dog my nose is runny i can't breathe and shit i'm struggling to sleep like this is this this ain't it man this ain't it like and i just feel like you're trying to kill us all for the sake of money how much money do you need man <laughs> i'm just trying to enjoy the summer i'm trying to smell a flower man smell the roses I'm trying to be optimistic in life, man. Shit. Hey, yo, DJ Khaled. Another one. The last tweet is, the race of the NBA playoffs is so hype. You get to see individual brilliance like Kemba Walker dragging his team to the playoffs or Old Man Wade doing the same for the Heat. It's true. Yo, the NBA playoffs is getting so lit because it's coming down to the last six, seven games. And every, there's like, especially in the Eastern Conference, in the Western Conference, it's kind of like a foregone conclusion. Who's going to make the playoffs, right? It's just about what seed you want to be. Who's trying to avoid Golden State? Cause no one wants to, no one really wants to face Golden State in the first round. So everyone's kind of like, kind of like shuffled. The, the, the deck is shuffling. Whereas in the Eastern Conference, it's more like, it's, it's more crazy because there's six teams that are vying for, there's six teams vying for the positions of eighth from sixth to eighth seed in the playoffs. So six teams vying for two positions in the playoff and that's being hype. And you've got people like Kemba Walker, whose team is fuck all. Like literally, literally, I think a couple of nights ago or last night, he, uh, his Charlotte Hornets were playing the Utah Jazz and he had a teammate. Kemba dropped 47 and he had a teammate that played 25 minutes and did not register a point. This is what Kemba has to deal with. And Michael Jordan needs, like, as great as he is and the greatest player to ever grace the NBA, yeah? The greatest of all time. You are not the greatest. You're probably, like, the worst of all time, uh, uh, GM. Because this is very diabolical how you're treating Kemba. Like, this is war crimes. Like, you need to, you need to answer for these war crimes, Michael Jordan. I'm not joking. Kemba's out here dragging his team to, to playoff contention, and I, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. I don't think they. Kemba doesn't have anyone with him. He doesn't have any Jeremy Lamb, like that's it. But Nicholas Batum, ah, oh, come on. Kemba needs one more star, one more star. And you're not doing this, Michael Jordan. You're not doing it, bro. 
And then you have Dwayne Wade, who's on his his retirement in the season. So this is his last ride. You know, his last ride, basically. You know how in um that Fast and the Furious film, where um, you have um, Paul Walker and um, Vin Diesel, like they give it. It's like they're doing the last ride, the last race, and then they part. They part ways. You know, like when they reach like the intersection and stuff or the junction. That's throwing weight, and he's putting the heat on the back, bro. Like he's rewinding the clock. He's hitting lot. He's hitting clutch shot after clutch shot after clock clutch shot. And I love to see it, man. I love this is this is why I love the NBA, and I prefer it to like other like American sports, American major sports. Because when 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 it's time, when it's really time, when it's clutch time, when it's like the clock's waning, greatness comes out, and greatness always falls to the star of the team. So that's why we that's what that's what we pay money for, for the star to take over, for the star to put the team on their back and say, yo, I got you, jump on my back, and I'm gonna carry us to the dub, bro. And that's just how it is. In the NFL, the kicker can win it. I don't care about the kicker. I don't care about the kicker. The kickers are usually overweight anyway and they just kick booze. How is how is the Super Bowl gonna be decided by a kicker? Yo, it's time for the church announcements, man. The church announcements are basically me just giving shout-outs to people or to things that kind of like, you know, got me feeling some type of way and something that I didn't have time to speak on on the podcast. That didn't really make the cut. You know, you know when the, the four-way tracks on an EP, it's like an EP, you know, like when Kendra dropped Untitled on Master, things that didn't really make it onto... Uh, to Pimp a Butterfly one of the, I think it was his best his best album but you know shh, shh, don't tell anyone so yeah the church announcement let's just get to it man shout out to Zion Williams shout, shout out to Doja Cat shout out to Black Men Don't Cheat Syndicate I, I know you guys saw that video of that girl trying to set up her boyfriend for it to fuck backfire in her face you stupid ass you stupid man these birds are wilding shout out to Denisha Denisha Francis the Jamaican gymnast I'm telling you yo don't let these black people don't let these don't let these black people into them kind of sports where it was only for the rich and the privileged though because you seen what you seen what Simone Biles is doing like she's doing shit that her count, her white counterparts cannot do so she's winning by default shout out to Nipsey Hussle um, I think you can tell how much of an impact a guy a person has left on this world by the amount of people that are, have been affected by like some people you don't even have to listen to his music but you can understand what he was doing for the, like uh, the people the community and to leave such a like indelible indelible impact on the people not even for your music but for like your actions and stuff I think it says a lot about who he was what he was doing and what he was striving for and um, it won't be forgotten it will only be his legacy will only be carried on like I didn't really listen to Lipsy Hustle but I can respect the hustle that he was doing no pun intended um, so yeah may rest in peace and please can we stop with the conspiracies I feel like it's so weird that It's so weird that the guy's body's not even cold yet and we're talking about conspiracies. I think it's very disrespectful. Just let the guy rest in peace. Like, think of the people that are mourning his death and please stop with the conspiracies, man. Just save it for another day, man, please. 
Shout out to Uday Emery, who has my boys Arsenal in third place. I can already hear the Champions League music. I got my fingers crossed. I'm so nervous. Every game is like a cup final. I hate that cliche, but it's the truth. Cliches are cliches for a reason. Shout out to Posty. Shout out to the whole of East London. Yo, that video was crazy. I didn't even know who Posty was until yesterday. And I think, what the fuck is this? Why is this guy... Like, and the thing is, that video was so funny because that guy was giving that girl the the most stiffest pamming ever and I didn't notice what he was doing I just thought like he was skanking the music and I'm like yo what's this guy doing he's giving her the stiffest pamming I'm like yo bro you can't put and he's saying and he's basically trying to tell the girl say East London he's trying to get the girl to rep the set mid beat I feel like yo I feel like you need to work on your 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 pelvic muscles before you put the whole East London because I don't think East London want to be attributed to that stiff beat I mean I'll be I'll be ashamed if he called that North London and he said yo North London, this is for you. This beat is for you. I mean, yo, shit. So shout out to Posty. Shout out to the whole of East London. Shout out to Ramadan Ramsey. I told, I've been telling you, it's Ramadan Ramsey season. Don't, 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 don't sleep on him. And I think he's just a true mark of a professional. That even though he's leaving the team at the end of the season, he's just balling out, balling out, balling out, game after game after game. Shout out to Bottled Bagels. I love bottled bagels. I think bagels are the best type of bread. I think it's just it, 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 I think it beats baguettes. Uh, but yeah, shout out to buttered bagels. Shout out to Luke Danes. Luke Danes from Gilmore Girls. Stay strong. These women are trash, bro. Don't let like like no like no know your worth, King. Like get something better. Shout out to Moise Keen as well. Another black king as well. Let these people be racist. You keep on shining, my G. You keep on shining. And that is all. Thank you for listening to the broadcast. We've been frauding away through this podcast as per usual. Wherever you listen to on SoundCloud or iTunes, please don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. Five star or you're a hater. Thank you. Peace.